bless you and welcome to Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast. We appreciate and welcome all of you, our listeners around the world. Stay tuned to hear an exciting word from pastor teacher, Dr. James Sutton. Karen say we all have to be torn from something and some of us are not torn the way we should be torn we are torn into lifestyle that's no good for us so today I'm not going to be before you long because what God has to say he just has to say either you're going to believe it or leave it alone so I thank God today I thank God for those who are listening I thank God those who will listen but you need to hear the voice of the Lord today You need to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to his church. And the Spirit of the Lord is saying to his church, regardless of what's going on, whether it's the coronavirus or Corinna the hurricane, he is still God and he's in control. And there's something that he wants us to do before we leave up out of here. It's something that he wants us to share with somebody today. So I just thank God today that we can share his message because his message has never changed. In 2,000 years, no matter what the culture brings into it, a fad comes and a fad goes, something comes in and something comes out. But the Lord never changes. Amen. And his message of salvation never changes. And us preachers, we need to be speaking the message that will save somebody's soul. So I just thank God today for the opportunity to come before you briefly and talk about the goodness of the Lord. I was thinking that I was sitting at home one day and I was sitting going, you know what? God is really good. God is really good. And, and, and I began to think about and number the things that God has been good to me about. And what I found out, mother, is that I couldn't even name enough. I got tired before I got done. Wow. That's how good God is. When you start thinking about the goodness of God, you say, okay, well, I'm going to name this, I'm going to name that. And you go from the big things into the small things. And then you're just happy that God gave me some grace. See, you got to understand, when you start naming things that God has been good to you about, we get to the point where we say, your grace is what's good. Your love is what's good. Your mercy is what's good because by your grace and mercy, I'm able to do whatever I need to do. So I thank God today for his grace and his mercy. All wrapped up in his love. So we're going to be brief. Go ahead and get your Bibles. And go to Romans chapter 8. And we're going to read verses 1 through 4. And we're just going to talk about it. Talk about God. Please mute your phone. Amen. If your phone's not muted, please mute your phone because it's coming over. One Romans 8, chapter, verses 1 through 4. Amen. Okay, go ahead. Read. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Mm -hmm. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Amen. 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 Verse 1 starts off, tells us that there is no condemnation for those of us that are in Christ Jesus. And I thought about this as I heard a story about a man who's on his deathbed. And it was a, some man that, that was continually trusting in everything else but God. Mm -hmm. He trusted in his job. He trusted in his own morality. He even trusted in his own fraternal organization, saying that why would he need to come to Christ when his fraternal organization has set up a high, such a high morality that he didn't need to trust in God. He didn't need God's mercy. He didn't need God's grace. He needed the laws of his fraternity that were high moral standards. So he's sitting on his deathbed and they had a thing in his fraternity that they did not want somebody to die alone. So each fraternity member would take turns as this man continued to drift off into death waiting for the death angel to come knocking at his bedside, his fraternity member sat there. And then a preacher showed up. Someone like me showed up. Someone who really loved him and said, you know, I want to tell you about the Lord. I want to tell you about Jesus Christ. I want to tell you that you can be saved. And in his, in his dying breaths, he was saying, well, I don't need it because my family members. And then as I began to preach the gospel to the man, it was like, there's no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. And the condemnation comes because we're condemned at birth. We're born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And the condemnation is there. We don't have to do anything. We're born in it. And as we live out our life, we heap up wrath upon wrath because God is going to punish sinners. That's the funny thing about this. God is going to punish sinners. He has not changed from the Old Testament to the New Testament. It's just that God has given the New Testament believers and his son a way out through Jesus. Yeah, amen. So the condemnation comes, but if you're in Christ Jesus, if you're saved, blood-bought, you're in Christ Jesus, so there's nothing that condemns you to the wrath of God. There's nothing that brings about the wrath of God on you because you're hidden in Christ Jesus. And as the preacher preached this to this man, he said, well, if you die now, won't you die alone? Your fraternity members sitting there and they will live on. But if you die without Jesus, you die alone. If you die without being in Christ Jesus, you are condemned. Don't you want to live on in eternity with the Lord? And as the man sat there drawing his last breath, in and out, he began to cry because he realized that he was a condemned man. Though no, no amount of money or morality could save him. He needed a savior. He needed Jesus. And right there on his deathbed, and I know you want to always talk about the deathbed conversion. Don't wait till you have your last breath to come to Christ. 
But this man had no choice because he had a preacher there. A lot of people die alone without friends, family, or a preacher. But he had a preacher there preaching to him the last, how good Jesus was. How good Jesus is. How he came down through 42 generations to save a wretch like himself and all those who believe will be saved. That if you call upon the name of Jesus, you will be saved. So the man sat there and started crying, rolling down, tears rolling down his eyes. Because he understood at some point in his mind that his fate was a fate of a condemned man. That he would eventually die and have no hope. The issue with church is we're not preaching hope to people. We're preaching religion, but no hope. And let me tell you, there is no hope in religion. Our hope is in Christ Jesus. And when we preach Christ Jesus, we give the dead man, the dying man, the wrong man, the man, the woman, hope. The condemned person gets hope when we preach Christ Jesus because we'll tell them, even though that you are set to go to the gallows, guess what? You may still die, but your spirit will live forever in Jesus. You can be absent from this condemned body and present with the Lord. So that's the biggest thing that we got going. That's the best message that we have. We can't preach a chicken into every pot and a car to every driveway and money into your bank account. What's the use of gaining all the world and losing your soul? Some of you think that your denomination is this or that. Yeah, let me tell you something about that. If you find one denomination in the word of God, let me know. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through the Baptist. No, except through the Lutherans. No, except by me, Jesus Christ. Because it's Jesus that died for you. That's Jesus that, so that man sat there and he's condemned to die. He, the man preaches Jesus to him. And guess what? The tears roll down his eyes and he accepts Christ Jesus. The darkness that he had, now he was given the light. And as his tears rolled down his face, his life began to leave him. But he, and he wanted to do one more thing. God graced him and, and gave him mercy enough to do one more thing. Had lived the life of the flesh all his life. He's down to his last maybe three, four minutes. And now that he's accepted Jesus Christ and he's not condemned, the spirit of law of death does not have any control over his spirit anymore, just over his body, that now he is tapped into the spirit of life, which is the resurrected Christ, and on his deathbed, instead of worrying about his bank account, worrying about his job, worrying about his friends, he wants to call in his family and tell the gospel to them. A dying man who never lived for God, gets God, and now he wants to tell his family. So his family, even though he's going to die, he wants to tell his family, I want to see you again. See, we got to preach the gospel of hope. We have to preach the gospel in, into people's minds and hearts that there is a Savior that loves them enough to die for them. The Bible teaches us that for a good man will my daddy die, for a righteous one will my consider. But while we were still yet sinners, God sent his son to die for you and me. So when I was sitting back thinking about how good God was, I got to the point where there's a death and it wasn't mine. Mm. There's a resurrection, but it wasn't mine. 
But Jesus said, for those of us in Christ Jesus, not only did we participate in his death, but we participate in his resurrection too. I don't know what you know. All I can tell you, I know what I know. I can't tell you what to believe. But I can ask you to believe in a who. Jesus is not a what. He's a who. He's a person. And Jesus loved you. The, the relationship between the father and the son was such a beautiful relationship because the father sent the son to die for those who would believe. And his blood is efficient for all for those who believe. But yet still, his blood, his resurrection, gives even the non-believer grace and mercy. Every day you wake up, you have an opportunity to come to Christ. Yeah. Every day you wake up, you have an opportunity to come before the risen Savior, to come boldly before this throne, and this throne has a name called grace. <laughs> his mercies renew every morning. See, when I start thinking about the goodness of God, yeah. his mercies renew every morning. Thank you, Lord. And Lord knows that I use up the majority of them. I don't know about you. That yeah. I need another set of mercies yeah. every morning. Yeah. His justice is a peculiar work. But God is always willing to save the repentant sinner. God is always willing to save the repentant sinner. God is always willing to save those who have walked away from their sin and trust in him. Faith is not trusted in your faith. Faith is not trusted in your church. Faith is trusted in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross for you. If you don't have faith in anything else, have faith in the risen Savior. Yes, Hallelujah. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow whatever it brings. Yeah. Because it never changes our disposition of trust in God. Amen. It makes no difference the circumstances, incidents, or accidents of my life because I trust in God. Yeah. So what that means is it, 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 I can't be shaken. I can't be moved because of his steadfast love for me. I have trust on the fact he has built a fortress around me. Yeah. He is my rock. He is my fortress. He is my shield. And because of that, I'm in Christ Jesus and I'm not condemned. Hallelujah. For those of us who believe in Christ Jesus, we're never condemned. And we walk by the spirit and not by the flesh. Our flesh is dying because the law of the flesh says the flesh has to die. But now we have the spirit of eternal life in us, which is the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And all it does is mature us, as Karen was saying, mature us into the perfection that God wants us to be. Till we all grow up into the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The sanctification process is the process to which God burns off the flesh and installs and grows up the spirit of himself in you. You are being conformed into the image of God. So that you can have that perfect relationship with him and truly see him like he is. But you got to make a decision today, saints. You don't have to wait till your deathbed to tell that Jesus, I said, saints, so that means you already saved, so y'all can catch that. You ain't got to wait till somebody's dying to tell them about Jesus. See, the problem with the church is we want to wait till the last minute. But what if you can't get there? What if you have problems at home and you can't get there and there's no preacher ready to tell you about the gospel? Come on. You'd have, I, see, I'm more worried about the person who is a saint and God says, I gave you the gift of my message. Remember the story of the talents? What did you do with the gift of the gospel Come that I gave you? Some of you saints don't, don't you know, what you think you did for God, he gonna say, I didn't ask you to do all that. <laughs> 
You did the cake bake ministry. You did. This. I didn't ask you to do that. Did you tell somebody about Jesus? Mm -hmm. For the sake, did you tell some? Why you gotta wait till there's a problem to tell somebody about Jesus? Do you think because they're in a problem they're gonna receive it more? You don't worry about the reception. That's between God and them, the Holy Spirit and them. What you have to do is plant the seed. And until you're willing to plant the seed in season and out of season, then you have to question your own salvation. Because if God has been good to you like I know he's been to me, there's no way I can sit on this gospel. I don't have to be no preacher. I don't have to be no pastor. I want to tell the whole world about the goodness of Jesus. Yeshua. Yeah, I want to tell everybody that there's a God who loves you enough to send his son to die for your sins, my sins, and his blood can cover all sins, past, present, and future, so there's no more condemnation for those of us who accept this or in Christ Jesus. Amen. 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 The Bible says the gospel is this. Jesus came to save sinners. To which I am the chief. That's what Paul said. I think I got Paul beat. But Jesus saved me anyway. While others throw you away, Sister Minister Daphne Karen, Jesus picks you up. See, when people throw you away, when you're a throwaway person, does anybody know about being a throwaway person when you done done something so bad that they, that man can't forgive you? When you're a throwaway, God saves you anyway. See, God loves the throwaway because he likes the throwaway person because the throwaway person needs much love, needs much grace, needs much mercy. But you perfect folk. You religiously perfect folk. They forgot that you was a throwaway at one time too. And how can you condemn what God has condemned? Has set free, I mean. How can you condemn what God has set free? In Jesus, we are free. But but sometimes, you know, mother in church, you know, church folk and religious folk, they want to put a jacket on you of condemnation because they want you to look to them to get out. But see, I've already been set free by Jesus. Why do I want to go into the bondage of a person when I got the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit living in me? I want to follow Jesus. I ain't got to follow you. And matter of fact, Paul said it best. Follow me as I follow Christ. When I'm not following Christ, y'all have no reason to listen to anything that I say. That's why I love talking about Jesus. See, I ain't got to be no hip preacher. I ain't got to preach all that, that philosophy of man. Because ain't nothing but the philosophy of devils. Get you all jacked up on naming and claiming and touching and agreeing. If you ain't got Jesus, what difference does it make? You can touch and agree all day of your life. You can know the scripture in and out. Even the devil knew the scripture. Even the devil knew the scripture. But the devils had enough sense that they trembled. You don't even tremble. You're just going about living your life. You want to unlock keys to success in God? Get rid of the key of envy. Get rid of the key of jealousy. Get rid of the key of unforgiveness. That's going to unlock God. You can't unlock God with them keys. He gave key to keep the keys. And the keys can be used because there's love, joy, peace, long suffering, yeah. self-control. Yeah. The fruit of the spirit helps the keys work. Yeah. But you can't seriously tell me you got God in you, and one minute you cuss and the next minute you fussing, and then you saying, Hallelujah, praise God. <laughs> you sit there have all against your brothers and sisters, and then you praise God. Come on, man. 
The hypocrisy in the church, and then I, 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 and I know this young folk, I'm going to tell y'all something. There is hypocrisy in the church. There's a lot of hypocrisy in the church. There are wheat and tares growing up in the church. And for the wheat, there's no more condemnation. But for the tares who are just practicing autopilot religion, they are condemning themselves. Because their hypocrisy, we found out, we don't need to find them out. God will find them out. God will prove to them. This coronavirus has proved to a lot of saints what's really in you. Because some people need the, the building, the body, the song, the dance, the slapping of the hands to call themselves worshiping. God said, I'm looking for worship to worship me in one way, spirit and in truth. You should better worship God by yourself. Because God saved you alone. And alone you will die. So I'm going to encourage you today. Don't die alone. Don't count on people to come to your funeral. Now only 10 can come. You thought you was gonna have a funeral when you had buses of people show up. Now the ten can come and they trying to get out of there because they don't want to get infected. But you're not dying alone when you die in Christ Jesus. Because when you die in Christ Jesus, you'll die with all the saints that came before you, all the prophets of David, all the prophets of God. You all in Christ Jesus together. You're not condemned anymore, saints. I want to preach that God has, loves you enough that he's presented a way for you not to go to hell. I know that's new to some of y'all. Y'all scared of that word. Hell, that place that is reserved for the angels. That place, that place wasn't even reserved for us. That was reserved for angels. Disobedient angels. But because we're so vile and so wicked and won't accept it. Think about what this means. He came unto the people he was supposed to save and they did not receive him, and they had the Bible. You can have the Bible and have the knowledge of the word of God, but you get the spirit of love in you, you won't, you'll miss the boat. You'll miss the boat. You can have the intellectual knowledge of the Bible and still not be saved. Because you never, ever trust the God enough to repent. You so honor me, you'll never trust God to say I did anything wrong. All you'll do is, when I ask people about their salvation, the first thing they do is talk about what church they belong to. What they got to do with your salvation. What building you go to? What pastor you under? Do you know the Lord Jesus? Come on. Come on. Did you accept his sacrifice? Mm. Jesus not gonna ask you about no Easter programs. <laughs> or no Friday service. He gonna ask you, I gave saved you, so did you tell other people about me? Come on. Did you give your enemy a cup of water? What cup of water? The gospel. Mm. He said, My word is spirit. We say this all the time. It's in the scripture. Believe upon me as the scripture has said, and out of your belly shall flow the living water, the rivers of living water. Did you give them the living water of the gospel which raises dead folk to alive folk, Ephesians chapter 2, or did you give them that stagnated religious water that people come to every Sunday? You got to make up in your mind. What kind of saint are you? Are you a saint that's a saint that's going to tell people about God? And not wait till the last minute? Or you gonna trust people? Trust in your message? Trust in your testimony? Some of you still work on the testimony of 1925. You mean God ain't done nothing for you since 1925? Mm. You work on your grandmother's testimony. She gone. You need your own testimony with God. You need your own experience with God. So one of my prayers is always, let the people who are searching have the experience with God that I have so they can be excited about God. Amen. Amen. 
No matter what I do from this day forward, I'm excited about God. Amen. Because God is that good. Yes. So I'm back to that. God is that good because there's no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Oh, grace, Heavenly Father, I just thank you today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. I thank you for giving the spirit of life, which is the Holy Spirit that's in there, indwelt in each and every one of us, Lord. I thank you for the opportunity to come before you and tell your people how good God is. That I don't have to wait till somebody dies. I'm going to tell them why they're alive and kick it so they can make a decision for, the, for God. But Lord, as much as the, God, of the gospel is good news, it's dangerous news. Because once I tell you the gospel, once the gospel is presented to someone, the truth of God, then it's a two-edged sword. Either they're going to believe God unto life, or they're going to reject him unto death. But you can't stay neutral. you got to either believe or don't believe. And if you don't believe, you condemn yourself. Your own disbelief condemns you. The Bible says they're condemned already because they don't believe. So don't be one to condemn people. All you got to do is believe. Well, pastor, that means I got to, no, it just means you got to believe. Well, pastor, I got to go, no, that means you got to believe. See, all that stuff that you worried about, the religious stuff, will work itself out when you believe. It'll give you the church, he'll give you the church to join, the pastor to follow, the Bible study to go to. All that stuff will work itself out. He even take a poor boy who's sagging and pull his pants up. But you want to pull his pants up before you tell him the gospel. So my, 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 my point is this, saints. We've all come from somewhere less than perfect. By the Bible, not by me. By the Bible. So since we all come from the same boat of sin and iniquity, why not be willing to tell the person what got you free, tell them also? Or is there another motive why you don't tell them? Maybe you're not as free as you think. So I want to encourage you today. Tell someone about Jesus. That's all you got to do. And tell someone that God loves them enough to send their son and that Jesus died for sinners. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's pray. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, I just thank you today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. Continue to watch over us and keep us as we walk by faith. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to thank you again, saints of God, for coming along with us through the word of God on today. Our journey has been short and brief, but we look forward to continuing on with you in God's vineyard. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to contact us, please do so by emailing me at WITMIN at Yahoo.com or SUTTON968 at gmail.com. We always want you to be encouraged and be blessed and be at peace. And always remember, walk in truth. And thank you again for coming along on today's journey.